This podcast is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the amazing universe of the Elder Scrolls. Adventurers, welcome back to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. I'm here with Lotus. Lotus, it's Diablo Day. It is Diablo Day. Well, um, it's Diablo. We had well, a discussion. It, yeah, it's the show. mildly early Diablo Day. It's not uh, regular edition Diablo Day. It's super douche edition. What did we did we landed on? Yeah. If you, I, I'm including myself in this. So don't take offense if you pre-ordered and got into like the bonus editions like the extra yeah, this but there's is three the tiers access right there's yeah. three tiers and lotus at first was like it's the super douche edition which means like the highest tier and i was like right no it's basically anything above regular edition and so he said so it's like a mid douche and i was like <laughs> that's a determined. really gross image yeah we determined that was a terrible terrible way of describing any of what we're talking about but that is the edition i bought so i guess i'm, yeah, a, I'm so. a mid douche so welcome i'm mid douche your host um <laughs> uh we gotta knock this episode out so we can go back and play more diablo um yeah but this is for about elder scrolls and lotus and i have taken you on a tour of all the different locations in tamriel all over the place all the different sections and we've been brainstorming where to go next on our adventures so we thought you right. know what there's other places that were kind of mentioned and we're not the main focuses of these locations that we've already been to let's delve into some other deeper locations what do you think nice. about that? that's great um that, that pun really makes me happy and not sad <laughs> <laughs> was it a little um, too dark for you uh did i reach too far this isn't better uh, but yeah, this was actually sort of kind of inspired by the Patreon chat where we were uh, some off off the cuff ones were pretty good. People didn't necessarily just pick the standard things. Um, and we got into some weird ones, which I really liked. Blackreach being like a really interesting one that we should probably dive into here. Hey, that's a great idea. Yeah, maybe, maybe we should tackle Blackreach. Maybe we should do that this episode. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we planned this in advance and got the information and looked it up on the UESP to reference <laughs> everything. And pl planned everything out already. Yeah. Um, no, and not at all. Just to no, respond to... from the cuff. Yeah. To respond in the comments. Uh, sincere, we already did Elsewhere. We've done all the yep. regular zones. So now we're moving on to some other stuff. So we're starting with Blackreach. Everybody loves Blackreach. Everybody's played Skyrim. Everybody's found themselves accidentally down underneath the ground and gone, oh my God, this place is huge. What is going on down here? Yeah. Right? I actually don't even think that's a hyperbole. I think literally everybody has played Skyrim. At, <laughs> at this point, everybody on the planet has played Skyrim. Uh, yeah. Maybe on their fridges, but you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, However you got to do it. Yeah, so let's talk about Blackreach, because Blackreach shows up not only in Skyrim, but it also shows up in ESO, because there are Skyrim zones in ESO, but the section of Skyrim that you are in is a section of Skyrim where we didn't initially think or know about 
Blackreach being underneath, but it turns out right. that the caves and the caverns of Blackreach are actually way more like further spanning than just the section we get to explore in the, the game Skyrim. So right, it expands out substantially farther. Um, the the area that, that you know terrible dad jokes aside on delves and stuff like that it was a very big cavern in skyrim but a lot of the uh kind of outcroppings and stuff like that had collapsed over the years because it's in the fourth era so like a lot of the stuff seemed sealed off you weren't even sure where it went and all the way back with eso in the second era you actually get to explore all this cavernous network that you have a lot more access to and mm-hmm. we'll get into the fact that it's actually honestly a lot more populated because it's still sort of an active mining thing yeah so then. yeah so there's different eras of time and we have to go way back to the beginning to the Merithic, to early first era to delve into oh here we go again uh Perfect. the <laughs> not gonna get the old. <laughs> oldest stuff that we know about this location so first right. of all it is a very natural formed cavern this is not yep. something that was excavated uh you can't say oh it was excavated by the dwemer because the dwemer have the lifts that go down there no it was existing as far as we know before they got there and right. um they had a name for it they call it Falzardum din which was blackest kingdom reaches and that's what they they called Blackreach. And the Dwemer liked to live underground, so it makes sense that they would have delved into sections of Skyrim and eventually sure. discovered this gigantic cavern underneath. Yeah, and I mean, you can have a natural formation and a cave on its own and then just kind of work with what that is. I mean, we kind of, in real life, do that all the time with stuff. <clears throat> so the fact that there's just this natural cave network underground and then it's just expanded out on makes total sense anyways right but the dwemer weren't the first ones to find this location and and use it it turns out that if we go far enough back in time we get to the end of the merithic era the beginning of the first age the first era it turns out vampires were the first ones to find and claim the caverns and to use them as a home which makes sense because they're vampires and a gigantic lair underground would be super useful for creatures that don't want to go out in the sunlight right you basically have permanent protection from the sun at that point right right now all of this connects through to a lot of the reason we know a lot of this is because of the dark heart of skyrim storyline from the uh graymore chapter of eso and in that chapter we discover something called the dark heart and the dark heart is a it's like a sphere that emits this void energy Yes. And we've touched on how nebulous void energy kind of is and like access to the void as a thing. So that gets a little strange. We won't go too much into that. Well, we talked about this a bit on the Namira episode. Yes, I was going to say we've we've another episode before with what we can it's the thing with the void is it's very speculative right and this this object we we know that this has some sort of association with namira maybe some sort of association with lorcon um it was it's a very powerful item that was found in Blackreach as far back as maybe the first or second century of the first age and it was discovered and kind of fought over the the vampires wanted to use it and there's this whole thing about all of that stuff and it plays into the storyline so we're not going to go into that too much but the vampires were there originally and then eventually the dwemer show up 
because of the events of uh, the first era, the first age. And they, they spread across the land from Morrowind to Skyrim to some other locations. And they delve into the ground and they realize that there's all these caverns down here. And so they create this elevator network that you find in Skyrim and in ESO. Those Dwemer designed elevators were, right. were built around this period of time. Yeah. So I provide a pretty cool entrance way to not just the same spot, but like there's several different entrances around there, which actually for Skyrim specifically was very unique because you would go in there and the cave network was so big and then you could like leave and it's like, oh, what is this? And you pop out an entirely different area of the map above ground. Right, um, right. Which was which was pretty cool. I mean, it makes a little more sense in an MMO because you have these giant sprawling environments so like okay yeah this is just an entry point blah 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 but it was very very unique to just that area in uh skyrim itself like the game skyrim not the region skyrim right right and so one of the reasons why the dwemer were so interested in this location is that inside black reach they found ethereum and this is an arcane mineral that became very valuable for them to mine and collect and this became the location where they found most of it. And Ethereum shows up in other quest lines in the games. It, it becomes an item that is uh, kind of looked for and highly cherished. Yep. So do you want to go into more Ethereum stuff? I don't know that I want to delve too much into that. That feels um, like its own episode, I mean, not, too. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I don't think there's really that much we need to get into specifically on Ethereum. There's the forge named after it. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, like... Um, yeah, that, true, true. Um, I mean, like, I don't know how much we really need to get. Just because it's down here, I don't know. And it doesn't seem. I, yeah. There's some other cool stuff that we'll get into that's unique to this as well. Right. Uh, which it's like, I don't know. It's, it doesn't strike me as anything more than the casual flora and fauna that we usually deal with. It's just like checkbox there is ethereum yeah there was also the ethereum wars where there's a whole yes, struggle there's a whole war is over getting a hold of it and right yeah. right so this stuff happens the first age stuff happens which again is very speculative it's only we only find it in certain documents and those kinds of things uh and then there's the connection with the the dwemer and the snow elves and this became one of the locations where they would have taken the snow elves and eventually turned them into Falmer, which is one of the reasons why you find Falmer down here. But it makes right. sense that this is an underground location in Skyrim. There's going to be Falmer down here. Right. So there's that part of it as well. Um, now, so the other thing about the whole uh, vampires and the dark heart thing is there's a character. And I think this character is particularly interesting. In, sometime during the first era, Rada Al-Saran would come across the dark heart beneath the reach. And this is specifically the part of Blackreach that's underneath the reach. Um, and Rada Al-Saran is a really interesting character because you... You actually deal with him in ESO, which happens in the Second Age, which is hundreds of years later. And right. he is a Red Guard who was born in Yakuda, made his way over to the continent, and eventually became a vampire, which is the yeah. reason why he's still around in the Second Age. Exactly. Otherwise, he would have long been dead. Uh yeah, so this is actually really cool because he, I mean, he's one of very few characters that we know came from Yakuta, actually lived in Yakuta, which is really cool. There's some, I don't know, yeah, it, like we it, don't it, get that little, very much. I know it's a little different when you hear like we're descendants of people who came from Yakuta, but there isn't like I saw Yakuta. 
this is one of the few people who literally is a living person who was from another continent that people now only kind of talk about in stories before it sunk. So it's a very unique character perspective um, to have with Rod Elseron, so yeah, yeah, and w- we've had some questions. People are saying things like, "Are you guys going to do episodes about these other places, like Yukuda or wherever?" And the, right. the truth of the matter is that all the information we have about El- uh, at Mora, Yukuda, yeah. uh, any of these other locations, Ross, uh, yeah, Akavir, um, Akavir. There's there's a lot of them, but there's and not that much info. important to the series. But again, kind of in regards to the whole concept of being like nebulous, like the void. There's a lot more references to them than there is direct information on them. So we had tossed around the idea maybe at some point we could condense all of what we know to just, hey, here are all the the scraps of the stuff that we know about, but don't know that much about. Right. right. Um, so maybe we'll put that all into one episode yeah, at that, some point. That would and probably just be one episode as opposed to, to kind of Yakutan episode and have it be five and a half minutes long. Right. To kind of consolidate all because these things come up and we talk about what we know in individual episodes, but to kind of consolidate them all in down. One, sure. One source just as a, a, good idea. a reference one. But yeah, right. there's not as much as individual regions because the majority of what is discovered in the Elder Scrolls is what's on Tamriel. Tamriel tends to be the focus. And then you can even have this weird situation where it stretches out into oblivion. Mm-hmm. But like the focus itself is the continent of Tamriel. So like it it's a lot more of, yeah, here's the the playground that you're in as opposed to, you know, where their homelands are, if they're even still around in many cases, which isn't always even the case. Yeah. So the last thing I want to say about uh, Rada El Saran is he was Yakudin. He was known for his swordsmanship. He may have been a sword singer and we just never get to see it. Right. And which other, is kind of cool. <laughs> also, it, it it is. And, you know, you know, well, I guess if you play through the Graymore storyline, um, the end boss fight where where you're dealing with him and actually you kind of encounter him several different times right he's definitely a pretty powerful vampire yeah, he's all vampire like it's right. like yeah it's it's definitely up there as one of the vampire lords type of deal yeah. um so the fact that you know he might possess sword singing really seems like pretty within the sphere of potential for for someone like that yeah he was clearly a very powerful individual before he even became a vampire and right it's kind of just neat to know that like maybe that was a thing that once he gained the vampire abilities it's like he didn't need to use it anymore but he was deadly with a sword he came from a, a culture that had sword singing put two and two together maybe he was one who actually wielded that ability earlier on before we actually get to to interact with him so yeah that's the first era um the second era is mostly the events of eso the graymore section and the the gray host he's he's one of the vampires that leads the gray host and their connection to the to the dark heart and the void and all of that stuff and them trying to use it in order to do evil nefarious stuff and then you stopping them that's yeah. most of what happens in Blackreach in the second era yeah condensed version you know vampire plague spreading over the planet big into the vampire plagues are just blotting out the stun and mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. now going, going topside to do what they want. Right now, part of the reason why Blackreach is showcased in this section of this the story is because the sections of Blackreach were rediscovered at this point. They kind of fell away from common 
understanding that they were there. The 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 Nords didn't really know much about Blackreach, and it, it wasn't a, a thing that most people knew about. The vampires probably still did, but the common people didn't know that they were living on top of this gigantic cavern. And there was a rediscovery of the location. And then very quickly, like you mentioned earlier, they started mining things. So in ESO, right. when you go visit Blackreach, there are there's a town down there. There's yes. people working we- and doing their daily stuff down in Blackreach. Yeah, Dusk Town is actually really cool because it's it, it's a straight up mining settlement down there and they're going off into these, you know, grottos and caves and all these things to mine out valuable whatevers. Um and and it's they basically as opposed to needing to go up and down constantly, it's just like, well, we've got enough space. Let's just set up shop down here and we can just live down here for chunks of time so it's like all right well they there you go making the most of the situation i suppose right that seems like that would screw with your circadian rhythm pretty hard but uh you know well miners in general spend a lot of time underground that's and not, valid not out in and sunlight maybe you don't have circadian rhythms in, in real, I don't <laughs> maybe they don't maybe they don't <laughs> maybe uh, just uh, sleep whenever it's handy yeah but there's also a gigantic vampire castle there is well, there's <laughs> sort of a couple i mean there, there's one that's just a straight there's, up vampire castle there's one, one humongous ca- i mean there's multiple yeah, locations one but there's one gigantic castle yeah. and, and then also night hollow keep is is like you know that that one's i don't know a more modest vampire castle <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you go it's where the it's where the not as well to do vampires live <laughs> uh one's for the vampire king the rest is for the vampire lords that's it um, so it, so the events of ESO happened during this time, which we're not going to dig into too much. Yeah. Uh, and then we one. have a big gap in time because none of the other games mention Blackreach. It doesn't really come up until Skyrim, which is chron- chronologically the first time it comes up at all from like a meta perspective. Right. The writers right. in the series yeah. didn't didn't know, didn't come up with the concept of Blackreach being underneath Skyrim until the game Skyrim was made and they were like, hey, let's add this gigantic cavern under here and right. make it look awesome. Like when I was playing through Arena, I did not go to Blackreach. It wasn't a thing. Right. I, I mean, it was supposed to be there or whatever, but at the time it wasn't. It wasn't. And, and you know, any mention of it didn't describe it in any real detail. So sure. we get the detail in the Elder Scrolls Skyrim and that's the one most people are familiar with. This whole right. play Place where there's you know the, the dwarven lifts that go up and down the uh the creatures that live down there the um the glowing mushrooms which is the same that way that the elder scrolls online one looks um the fact that there's a dragon down there yes uh, there's a dragon you can summon down there which is an interesting little easter egg um it, it's uh, it's it's a pretty cool thing when you first stumble into it, it's kind of hard to explain. But the first time you find Blackreach in Skyrim, it's so unique, even compared to everything else in the game. Um, just because it's just, it's weird. <laughs> it, it breaks the design of the rest of the weird. game. The rest of the game, you spend, you can spend hours running around the game going from snowy mountains to forests and these kinds of things and then even when you go down into a cave the caves are designed in a very specific way there are certain tile sets they're using in order to move around in the caves and and you know 
search, right. go through your but, quest lines and things like that. But then you go into Blackreach and it is a completely different design aesthetic. You are not yeah. stuck with these small little tunnels anymore. It opens up really large. There are the glowing mushrooms everywhere. Um, yeah, the bioluminescent like fungus everywhere and it's hyper overgrown gives a very very morrowind feel yeah. um yeah i mean it's an underground field but you start getting these like larger than life mushrooms which honestly we had mentioned before that the kind of the alien aesthetic that drew a lot of people into morrowind myself included mm -hmm. but then like the next couple of games were much more grounded in in like Okay, this isn't quite so weird. This is much more relatable. Here's medieval Europe with Cyrodiil. Right. Here's, you know, Iceland, Greenland, the, all, all this influence type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then you go into Blackreach, and they're like, ah, just kidding, it's still weird here, too. We got like, weird. Oh. Don't worry. They're still weird. Yeah, it's like, there's weird, but you got to look for it. You got to dig for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, to, to respond to the comment, the dragon's name is uh, Volthuriol. Oh, perfect. Yeah. V-U-L-T-H-U-R-Y-O-L. Volthuriol. So you're very close. Re Revan in chat put Volthuriol yes. with two O's, but you're very close in the spelling. Um, so that's that's Blackreach in the, the first, the fourth era. And I don't know. There's not a whole lot more to say about that section. I mean, it, what what I find interesting about Blackreach in the fourth era is that it again has disappeared from common knowledge. Right. It's it's uh, it was even brought up in chat that it's like it's it's kind of like most common folk don't know. Like it's not just like hey, you want to go to Blackreach for the weekend? Like it's like <laughs> right. No, right. it's like is it there? Like it's. <laughs> It's, it's a thing that could exist, but it's kind of lost to legend for the most part, more than, you know, I'm going to pick up a mining contract over in Blackreach. That's not really, it's, yeah. it's like, it's degraded over time, which kind of shows through because it looks much more run down in the fourth era than it does back in the second era. Right. And I've got some theories on that, but you know what we're going to do? We're going to go thank our patrons because we got to take a, a, a mid break and then we're going to come back. We're talk about the flora and the fauna because yeah. that's sometimes what we can do with this stuff. And then I'm going to theory as to why it might keep disappearing out of common thought, common knowledge, right. at least with the Nords. So we'll, we'll explain that when we get back. Don't go anywhere. This is a Morak. Dragonborn, and you are educating yourself to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons, including our newest patron, Christopher D. Thank you for signing up. I hope you were enjoying ad-free episodes and all the other things that you get on the Patreon. And we have to shout out our Daedric Princes, our Tier 5 Daedric Princes, Jacob K., Kira C., and Noodle Al Dente. Thank you for supporting the show. And to all 122 of our current patrons, we couldn't do this without you. We really appreciate it. Thank you for your support. If you are curious about why all these people are signing up, on the Patreon? Well, it's because Lotus is so good looking and they just want to keep giving him money. But it also might wow, be because... Wow, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't want to say you all have poor taste, but <laughs> questionable. <laughs> but it might also be because they want to have free episodes or they want to join yeah. us on patron chats or they want the cool T-shirts or all the other things that you can get on the Patreon. Yeah, like actual real incentives. <laughs> <laughs> so patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. It's easy to get to. You can just Google it, too, if you need to, uh, if you want to go check that out. And um, I'm so sorry that I couldn't join you all last week. I was stomach issues and things and was not feeling very well um but i'm glad that you all got together and had a really fun time chatting um hi to all the patrons i hope i see you again at the end of this month uh but we have some new reviews that have showed up in the meantime including this one from get this lotus alduin 65 sweet alduin wrote we got a time traveling dragon yeah (laughs) review from the united states (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's weird. I never knew he lived here. Yeah. So uh, Alduin writes, truly wonderful. The fervor and passion these folks talk about the ES universe with is just fantastic. The depth of knowledge that they have is so refreshing for anyone who loves the series but can't make heads or tails of the impossibly dense source <laughs> material. I've played since the days of Morrowind and these folks still surprise me with something new each episode. As a social studies teacher, oh, that's cool. Uh, that I find cool. I find their incorporation of history, geography, culture, and even economics incredibly satisfying. If you enjoy the Elder Scrolls series, you need to give this channel a listen. Truly wonderful. P.S. If you like D&D or even DM, this channel is great to listen to for making up your own campaign settings and better understanding pre-existing ones that's a fun idea i know a number wow, of people who a do very flattering review yeah a number of people do D in like an elder scroll setting and like absolutely the more you know about the lore the more you can use it to write your own campaign stuff so that sounds awesome absolutely i i was gonna say it's a couple of years ago now but um i actually was involved with rich lambert the creative director from um elder scrolls online hyper pixie uh who used to be one of the co-hosts on tales of tamriel um and Demios Thea, who is a uh, or is a stream team member for the Elder Scrolls um, online, and it was hosted by the UK team with Ophelia. Mm-hmm. Um, and we she did a one off charity campaign where there was only one person who knew anything about D anD D, which was Hyper Pixie, and then Ophelia specifically chose three of us. She she was like, well, you probably you you inter, you know you do enough forward-facing stuff and do stuff on the fly you can probably we're just going to have three people who don't know what the hell they're doing and <laughs> one person who understands it. D&D and I'm going to put um, basically she made us a D&D Elder Scrolls session for charity and it That's was great. it was a ton of fun D&D is not super my thing but I had a lot of fun with it I was a Dwemer Centurion as a character wow. and I ruined the campaign perfect <laughs> yep <laughs> that's great that's because you would you shouldn't have been there that's, the, that's yeah, why well, you ruined yeah, exactly. it exactly <laughs> it's was, it was very sociable for a Dwemer Centurion <laughs> but yeah no I totally get the the crossover there it makes total sense yeah yeah well we have another one this one comes from Dead Storm Pirate I hope it's a dead storm and not the pirate. Is dead describing Unless pirate Unless it's from storm? the dungeon shipwrights regret. Neso. Mm, there you go. Lots, so maybe, yeah, maybe it is. pirates in a storm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this also from the US. Uh, they write, my go-to podcast channel. I love this podcast. Been into the Elder Scrolls since Morrowind and the lore has always gripped me and your podcast covers everything that I want to know about the amazing world. Everyone associated with Robots Radio Group makes the best podcast that makes my day at work go by quickly. So that's a shout out to all the other hosts on the network I, I and all their say, shows. That's just a generalized shout out to everybody. So yeah, that's and awesome. I can concur. That's awesome. Well, thank you everybody for your support. If you would like to leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, then we'll read it out on a future episode. You can also rate the show on Spotify. Tell your friends about it. 
send money to the Patreon because Lotus has a beautiful face. You know, any of that stuff. <laughs> so thanks for being here. All right, let's move on with the rest of the show. Here we that go. Segue. <laughs> You're listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, dear child of cities. That is why the Night Mother loves you. All right, we're back. We need to talk about the flora and the fauna. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So it's weird. It's weird. There's weird stuff. There's the glowy mushrooms. Nether yeah. root is a very important material yep. that you can find in sections of Blackreach. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an alchemical component used in the creation of harrow storms, which is the big storyline in ESO, the second age stuff. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, toxic in the background. I have one of the uh, summoning vessels on the shelf behind me, but it's way too small and up in frame. So, <laughs> so you can't see. It. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you're curious about that stuff, it, it has to do with the vampires trying to take over and poisoning everybody with evil magic. So yeah, that's basically it, right? Uh, Pretty much. Yeah, that's a good condensed version of it. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of mushrooms, but that also includes toxic fungi. Yes, man. That the, sounds like a contradiction. That guy's a really fun guy, but he sure is toxic. He is sure toxic. <laughs> uh, womp womp. Yeah. So anyway, some of the speculation about the toxic fungi is that this is some of the actually what was used to blind and right, you know, decrepify the snow elves. Yes. And kind of form the Falmer. Um, yeah. It seems like this is probably where some of that stuff came from yeah yeah Yikes. so yeah so that that came from here too uh we also have a number of interesting animals now this lotus has always struck me as a little bit weird not only do we have like frostbite spiders and yep charis or charis i always said chorus 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 i have no idea i i'm not sure it's, it's one of those things where you don't really know like did somebody mm-hmm. say it in game or was it always written or did you just see the name above the character? Cause honestly, I have no idea if I can, like, I can't tell if I ever remember them hearing them say yeah. it. I'm sure it's one of those words that gets said on occasion, but not very often. So you probably remember having heard it, but then just forgot it pretty quickly. Oh, Rob says it's officially pronounced once in the game and he hates it. See, this is okay. So one pronunciation. What, what was the pronunciation and- then? Chorus. Yeah. Okay, so it's not a C-H, Car- it's a C no, sound. No, I refuse. Chorus, because it looks like Charis, right. right? Yeah, yeah. But, all right, so Chorus, okay. So, big bugs. Big bugs. Yeah, bit, bit, with yes. Chitin. Very unnerving, lots of poison in your face. The effect in uh, Elder Scrolls V Skyrim is quite disorienting. Yeah, and they're like the, the dogs of the Falmer. So, right. most people are familiar with those from Skyrim. But you also end up with these other animals, which normally are not cave dwelling animals i mean there are bears gloom spore bears which seem to just live in the caves they don't just like hibernate in the caves and come back out and live in the woods right so you got you got bears you have wolves also sench and deer and yeah these are things that you see in eso you go exploring around in blackreach and there's just these animals just running around yeah and some of them are a little weird uh because they have like different aesthetics to them like the deer don't just always look like deer like they look physically like a deer but it's a it's like if a deer was going to a rave a lot of times like, <laughs> there's like a glowy thing going yeah, on it, with like their stripes it seems like a deer would yeah. that glow in the dark the veiled deer and stuff like that they're yeah. they're very strange 
Right. So um, it's like these animals have adapted to living in the dark, and so they kind of light their own surroundings because they've got like this glow thing. Right. Going on. Right. They've evolved into being like one with being down there type mm. of deal. Yeah. So okay. So here's a question: Does that have something to do with either the glowy mushrooms that they eat? Right. Or Did they pick up some of the bioluminescent junk. Right. Or the ethereum. That's also possible. Is like, could it be like, like radioactive or something like that? Yeah, like maybe there's some sort of connection there to the kinds of things you find in Black Reach, which have this certain kind of bioluminescence to them, and then these creatures living down there long enough to start incorporating that into their biology or something. Um, right. I'm sure you can make a case um, for it. It's all fiction, right? <laughs> so. Well, okay. So this is this is going to be. One of the quickest tangents I can give us, but I just found out about this today, which is really weird because it was before you messaged me what we were doing. So it's uh, oddly specific. <laughs> um, did you know if you shine a black light on a platypus, it glows in the dark? No, platyp a platypi platypus platypuses are apparently they're under coat or something. It like reacts to black lights. They're so weird on so many levels that yeah, I'm know. just not surprised at this it's point. Nature's whoops. <laughs> <laughs> they're so yeah. weird uh, all right so that that's it that's the entire tangent we're back back on that's back wonderful on elder scrolls <laughs> platypus platypuses is wrong <laughs> maybe that's it wait wasn't that like a james bond movie that was a james bond movie wasn't it um then there's one other the swamp jellies there's yes. a, type, a certain type of jelly that floats around down under underground which they're very similar to the netches mm -hmm. um they're, they're a similar type of thing um where they're just kind of floating little blobs with <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. little, little tentacles and they, they, there's just some very specific ones that kind of are here that aren't quite niches um yep yep when we were going through it too and it was mentioned in in chat earlier too um you we had mentioned obviously the nern root thing did we want to discuss kind of the weird offshoot of nern root well uh nether root is the one that i mentioned so but yeah nern okay. root there is so the offshoot of nern root so that is a total right thing. okay yeah. so yeah yeah actually that's i think the what i crimson that, nern root that's yes, where you're going there is crimson nern root which is like a weird offshoot that you can only find down in these caves um and they i don't know they still make that weird sound <laughs> yeah but they're like red where everything else down in the caves that glows is like this uh, blue to green color like an aqua kind of thing going yeah. on yeah but they're and it's they're like red they're, they're, crimson is a great way of describing it it's not just red it is like deep red yeah um but yeah there's a quest related to them obviously there's actually several quests related to nerd root and this one was a i, I don't want again i guess you can't really spoil it type of deal but the the quest related to the crimson nerd root uh just as something that i found very interesting is very tied in to the the normal nern root quest from the elder scrolls 4 oblivion which i thought was really cool oh there's uh, a connection that's cool yes there is if you find the journal of the guy down there which i always suggest doing it's a very cool throwback to that really annoying quest because everybody used to get very annoyed myself included was hey can you get me 10 nern roots Hey, can you give me 20 nern roots? Sure. And by the time it's like, hey, can you give me 90 nern roots? I'm like, oh my God, dude, like what is with the nern? <laughs> Why? Yes. Get off your nern root addiction. But yeah, that that um that carries over, let's just say 
enough time has passed where um he might not still be around but there is a tie-in which is very cool um cool cool but yeah yeah, yeah. so it's like i don't know the crimson nurner thing since it's so unique to the area i figured it was also worth kind of bringing up yeah no that's cool uh, it's definitely something you find in skyrim in the game skyrim um and so here's another thing that i find particularly interesting if you look at uh and this isn't something that i notice myself when i play the games but if you look at screenshots from different sections and you can see this for example on the uesp at the bottom there's a gallery there's a bunch of different photos from different locations in different parts of blackreach Mm -hmm. the color of the glow is different in different yes. parts of the caverns some of the, absolutely some of the caverns are more of like a bluish purple kind of glow like some of the ones in eso uh some of them have more of this like very light blue aquamarine kind of color yep. some of them are a little bit greenish in in the hues and then the section near graymore keep the big castle we were talking about is like the, the it's so you have the blue glow of the jellies and and the and the fungus and and things like that around but the actual like fog in the in the air it's very reddish gold it's brown reddish like, gold and brown because of the the lava and the magma in that specific r- section right. of the cave um which makes sense because of the glow of the the red and orange from the the lava yeah it illuminates it very differently right but the other sections don't have that so some sections it's almost like and i i don't know if you can attribute this to like color grading in the game like each different designers had different sections of the cave and they color graded them slightly differently so when you loaded into one zone it was a little bit different from the previous zone or if it was intentional if it was a like this zone is actually a little bit darker so the blue is a little bit of a deeper blue some of the names of the the man this get a little meta the regions within this region mm-hmm. um kind of almost imply that maybe that's the case you've you've got like some like dark dark moon grotto is one and then you have another one named the lightless hollow right. and they have different like they each each of those two specifically just because they they happen to have photos directly on the usp so it's a great easy reference for me to right they're pretty unique color patterns so like yeah, I now, wonder if you it could is a describe intentional. Yeah, you could you could say maybe these are just different screenshots from different people with different settings in their games. That could be the case, but that to a degree is I true. Feel like but seeing it, these it is different. They, they are different. Grotto, it's because again, I've gone through every single quest and zone and stuff like that. That's in ESO, and it totally is. Some are much more like aquamarine type of thing in the darkness and and dark moon grotto specifically i mean remember being very very purpley purpley like blue. a lot of purple yeah. hues in it and in the in the pictures that's that's very similar to what i remembered them being as but i also right. I, I think lightless hollow might have had more of the giant bioluminescent mushroom things everywhere so maybe that right alters the color because because there's more of something of that like we had mentioned the lava. Okay, well, that gives that that twist. Maybe based on what's there involved, you know, twists it to to that color palette. Yeah, even in Dark Moon Grotto, the the fire on the um, the little altar that you warp places on, whatever that's called, uh, yeah, is, is has a blue tinge to it. It's a blue hue. Yep. Um, so even the flames down here, which normally are regular flame colors, 
sure are bluish um so yeah there's definitely something interesting going on with the color grading and the way that all works because not all not all flames so well, for example if you look at uh, the mining settlement in dust town you still have the same kind of purplish bluish hue to the other things in the scene but there's very much a real fire in the middle where right, and, right, and, and fires in multiple places like like outside of homes and things casting light on the wood yeah in the tavern and stuff like that right so you have the oranges um, of those other locations and, and some of the like the rock formations is a lot of geodes like freakishly large geodes and stuff like that and they reflect a lot of the light that they have in the caves i actually find the the art i don't know i guess art design of elder scrolls online where they do that very cool because they do it has a lot of reflections off the stuff yeah so you know again all of these things might actually contribute to why it's like yeah it's the same region but it's got each, you know, when the, depending upon what's around, it can modify kind of like the feel of the area. Right, right. All right. So here's my theory about why Blackreach keeps disappearing from common, comic Nordic understanding right. or, or experience. From the first, from the second, I guess we'll say second era on, it's mostly Nords who inhabit Skyrim and black reaches under skyrim for as far as we know it doesn't extend out into any other zones it might but we don't know for sure sure so it's mostly the nords who don't know it's there other cultures aren't living there to even discuss it or care about it so among the nords those who are say vampires from the merithic era knew that it was there all along they'd been living there all along so they're not counted in that group so you just have the nords right the dwemer knew it was there the dwemer disappeared the Dwemer leave behind the only reliable way down into Black Reach, and that's through the elevators. We don't have, we have lots of caves in Skyrim, and lots of Nords who lived in Skyrim would have known about the certain caves. Some of them were bandits who lived in the caves, but those caves either didn't delve deep enough or just didn't happen to reach certain parts of Black Reach to be connected to the main cavern system. Sure. You follow where I'm going? So. Yeah. The Nords themselves would have only been able to access Blackreach other than just having dug for no reason in specific sections and stumbled upon it, which didn't seem to have happened, through the Dwemer uh, elevators. The Dwemer elevators in many locations were protected by Dwemer contraptions, guardians, those kinds of things. So the Nords in general probably would have stayed away from them or not known how to open them to begin with because many of them are just closed off sure and and so that totally makes sense and especially with the size difference um between what you can experience in eso and then several hundred years later in skyrim um you have natural formations of things getting closed off because of right cave-ins whatever right um and kind of adding to what you said it's like well if something's super dangerous and you're safe in this zone like you're a group of bandits okay you're using this to hide out you can rob travelers do whatever but it's like okay well how f why are you going to go down into the area where you could get aced by a a, a pile of Falmer. spheres right or a Falmer, Falmer or anything else scary under the ground right you're probably it's, just going to stay close to the surface and you're exactly. not going to explore you too stay deep. where you're not going to get ambushed more than necessary um so right. that that totally makes sense and as time goes by you know 
parts of the cave might become inaccessible. Some might become more accessible if things fall away or whatever. Right. So you have like natural changes along with the fact that it's basically just a giant looming threat down there. Yeah. But I also think that the fact that the Dwemer needed to build actual elevator shafts down to it. Right. We aren't told a specific depth. We don't know how far how deep these are under the ground. Yeah. But I would imagine that Blackreach as a system is much deeper than the shallow caves near the surface. Right. That it's a and it's it's so deep and so remote that it was the kind of place you could put the snow elves and then they could eventually change into the Falmer. It's right. it's not this is not just a cave system. This is a cavern. And it could be a mile underground. It could be so, far enough that it would be ridiculous for the Norse to even have delved into, even with just regular mining. Right. And without getting overly on a different set of stories from from the lore, um, kind of to back up your point there, because I do agree with you um, in, in the situation. They've got to be pretty far down, like. Over, overall, the grand scheme of things, like obviously there's some top parts and it's tiered and stuff like that, but the majority of it has to be pretty far down. One, just aesthetically, from being down there, you can look up and it's enormous to see the ceiling. So right. just like they have a literal, they have literal castles built under there. So you got <laughs> right. that degree of size. But beyond that, when the Falmer rebelled, and they had the war with the Dwemer at, at at one point. It was raging underneath, and the Nords were just chilling upstairs drinking meat. Yeah, they had no they, idea. It was so, so separated that there was there was no hint of it on the surface. So that's what I mean. It's like yeah. that that has to be not only a large area. There needs to be a decent amount of sound dampening to prevent <laughs> right. that too. Right. So it's like there, there definitely has to be some distance between the surface and and the uh, living area of the caves. Right. Right. So that's my theory. My theory is that yeah, it is no, so it totally, remote. I, I can totally see that. Yeah. And Rob the Princess in chat says obvious perils to the Underdark and D&D. Yeah. Similar kind of concept. Um, so that's that's my theory of it and who's to say that we aren't going to discover other underground locations like this in other zones uh, sure you know it, it totally makes sense that this might extend throughout other parts of tamriel why would it be stuck only under skyrim i don't think there's a need for that to be the case um but uh, yeah no i was know. gonna say with how big and expansive they are i mean it could stretch i actually think it might have been mentioned in chat that it could maybe it extends all the way down to Cyrodiil. Like, yeah, you don't really yeah. know because a lot of times it's like, you'll get these extra things. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of alien ruins in some areas, but then you'll see one or two pop up somewhere else. Same thing with Dwemer ruins. It's like mm -hmm. these things aren't totally localized all the time to just like, yep, it's here and nowhere else. <laughs> yeah. It. Like these arbitrary boundaries, like oh, this right. is the yeah. edge of where oh, they, so, this yes. is, that's something that we're, we're learning more and more about in our own. Like I, I fell down these holes where I just like, find YouTube channels about things and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Uh, there's a lot of things that we've discovered the last 20, 30 years from ancient civilizations in like the Middle East and the expanse of them. So, for example, like we often think about the ancient Greeks as having been mostly living in like the Greek area, right? Like where modern day Greece is and the islands and, and those sections, like the Aegean section of the yeah, world. Yeah. Uh, but it turns out that there are settlements of Greek culture all the way through to almost India and they got swallowed up into the other cultures. And there's good reason why that happened before even the time of Alexander and the conquest and all that. Sure, sure. So like these kinds of boundaries, this idea of thinking like this group of people was right here and this group of people was right here. Like 
reality is more messy than that. People travel, people move around. It doesn't, there's just, they don't think, oh, well, that's their other, other people are in this area. So I'm just going to stop traveling east for a little while. Like, it's not how it yeah, works. It, it's weird that things are like all different weird shades of gray rather than just very, very binary black and white on everything. It's funny how that works. It's weird. It's like our brains want things to be black and white, but when you actually look at it, everything's always more nuanced. very much not that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Hmm. yeah. Maybe hmm. we need to accept that things are gray more. Cool. I'm off the show. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's going to do it. The show's done. This was the last episode of the show. Thank yep, you for being man, here. That's it. Oh man! All right, Lotus. What else do you have going on so we can head I don't know. out? I'm still. I'm. Uh, wow. I. <laughs> you set that one up. <laughs> I did. I like that was such a softball pitch over the plate, and I didn't see it coming, which I think might have been why it's even more offensive. Oh man. Oh no. Wow. <laughs> Black and white reach. <laughs> <laughs> Gray reach. Um, uh, wow. So you got is, you got Tales uh, of Tamriel. You yeah, got, I you do. We show. got Tales of Tamriel. Uh, we just had uh, our last episode um, came out. We'll be recording again over the weekend. All uh, you know, barring any catastrophes or whatever. Um, but uh, you know, if you are an Elder Scrolls Online player, very soon uh, Necrom will be dropping on PC. Got a little longer for us console folks but it's right right around uh right around the corner so Can it's gonna see? be rough if you like uh other games like yeah. oh i don't know it drops the same day as diablo so oh, no hope you didn't want to do anything productive oh. that didn't involve video games so speaking of diablo can i share this lotus you and i have been tossing around the idea i'm not committing to this i will think about it while i'm on vacation of doing a diablo lore cast it's certainly something interesting. So, do you think there's an audience for that? Chat, do you I, think there's an I audience for that? I think there might be. I I don't know. It would definitely take a little more research type of thing, just for me personally, because of, yeah, me it, too. I I've, I I mean, I, I played through I love, a lot of the games in the series. I didn't really get into two, but well, the story to them is really cool, um, yes. and I I think the lore is really cool. And for the the most part, um. Uh, Diablo is another one of the series that I really, really love. But, you know, I what with all the issues surrounding Blizzard as the company, I haven't been quite as tuned into it over the years. There's also right. way fewer games in the series and outside sources, the way something like Elder Scrolls or Fallout has uh, or, right. you know. Right. Lord of the Rings. I wonder if whatever. I wonder if it would make sense to do it as like a like a one off series. I was going to say maybe like, like a limited series. I feel like we could do maybe a year of content and then eventually it would be like, well, that's basically everything we know. Right. Because but I, the story is fascinating. I love the vibe to that game and the world of Sanctuary. Mm -hmm. It's really unsettling. Right. Um, right. And it's it's just yeah i don't know it's 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 very cool i i love the series despite my issues with the company um behind it type of thing that's why like i'm so in favor of the whole microsoft acquisition because i'm just like yeah that seems like that would just be good for their yeah. culture oh god uh, bobby bobby kodak 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 um yeah just straight in the trash he just totally uh, totally doubled down this last week on like uh, yeah we've yes, never had I'm any aware. issues those are all made up and yeah, it's like, yeah, he's he sounds like uh, a real great dude. Yeah, he sounds um, like he's doing everything that every politician that we know does, and just lies and lies and lies until it, it just somehow becomes reality. It's like there's a whole lot of proof that what you are saying um, is 
absolute garbage, buddy. Right. They're, they're a mess. And I've, um, I've kind of stepped back a decent amount from that, but it's like, you know, talking to devs over there that I've had the pleasure of knowing and stuff like that. Um, yeah, the team seems awesome. And well, yes. And and I've heard nothing but good things from a lot of the people who work there about like, they're so passionate about the, you know, the games and stuff like that. Um, and I've, been a long time fan i love aarpgs like i think they're super fun um but diablo is kind of the cream of the crop when it comes to yeah. that as well it's the og it's the og <laughs> yeah they are they are yeah. they're the, like one of the ogs and um yeah i i don't know it, it's it would sort of be an excuse to maybe do a liter like a, a and a reason to dive in extra deep and get all the extra little tidbits out of the series that i might not really know outside the surface value of it because some of the stuff is weird yes, in that series right, right. and it is super dark <laughs> yeah yeah super dark um so but we're tossing that idea around yeah who knows so it's maybe you know, we'll do nothing it. confirmed but we'll see yeah. we'll see we'll see maybe yeah. i can figure out some maybe more, we can make something maybe work. we can invent more time an extra day out of the week that would i would love mm. to have like if i could get mm. three more hours a day even mm. you just don't sleep be. you just stop sleeping as much yeah i bet that it helped me live longer probably not oh oh boy um all right well we'll figure it out in the meantime something that we've been at least mulling over um if we could ever make that work we will see yeah Um, yeah well uh, chat seems pretty cool on the idea they're like yeah that sounds cool so um so we'll see we'll we'll throw we'll throw the idea around a little bit and uh we'll see we'll see if we can make it work out uh just wanted to toss um, that out there but yeah, other than that, just the usual stuff. And actually, as it was asked in chat, uh, I, I'm actually hoping to get some more uh, of the storyline playthroughs coming up for my series of the dungeons, which require, you know, a group. And I've had a lot of people say that they liked actually getting to hear the story. So hopefully I can get some more of those done soon. Mm-hmm. I uh, pretty much I'm trying to just manage my time to actually get half the stuff that I want done, done, yeah. <laughs> which is shockingly it's difficult. Quit, it's quit your job. It's quit your job. Yeah. I was going to say, who needs work? Yeah. Here's what we do. We'll pitch the idea for Diablo Lorecast and we'll see if we can get like a few hundred people to pay into it like a Kickstarter and then then you don't have to work. Then we, then we, then we just, yeah, see that? All right. Like so they'll just go. pay for it before it even is a thing because you know, that'll it totally me that work. That, that works for so many things. It really does. And that's so weird. And, so and weird. I appreciate people wanting to help. I don't appreciate those companies not fulfilling their things to the people that helped them. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a total bummer. Anyway, we're, we're not here to yeah. discuss that. But thank you. Thank you for joining me again, Lotus. Uh, you can find all know, my stuff. Absolutely. It's uh, and Lotus fun is one. Stuff. Thank you, everybody, in chat as well. Yeah, you can find all our stuff over at robotsradio.net. And uh, we may or may not be back next week. It depends on how vacation goes and coming yep. back in town goes and all that stuff. So we'll see you then. And until then, play a bunch of Diablo. I'm going to miss like four days of not being able to play Diablo. So I'm going to mm-hmm. have to catch up. But, uh, We'll see you. I guess the ESO expansion will be back when I get back. Yeah, I was going to say. I'm going to have a lot of games to play. Uh, Yeah. (sighs) All right. Well, rip. Good luck to me. Bye, everybody. Thanks for being here. See you later. See you later. (laughs) Bye. 
thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on Twitter at robots underscore radio or Lotus of Doom at Lotus of Doom. Also, you can join us on the Robots Radio Discord channel. You can easily just search Robots Radio Discord on Google or check the description underneath the podcast. Also, this podcast is recorded live every week on Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on the Robots Radio channels on Twitch, YouTube, and on Facebook. So just search Robots Radio on any of those platforms. Come join us. We'd love to chat with you while we record the show or before or after. Either way, just come hang out with us. And if you're looking for more information about my shows and the shows on the Robots Radio Network, go to robotsradio.net for all the information about all the shows on the network, including the Robots Radio Rocket Club, where I help both new and existing podcasters to grow their shows, build their audiences, and create the best podcast they possibly can. All of that at robotsradio.net. We'll see you next time.